Hey guys, welcome to episode 7 of the Coach Fit Play podcast. Um, in this episode we talk to senior PGA professional Luke Roberts about his experiences in China and what he's seen as the main differences coming back to the UK and coaching with us and the team. So listen in and check out what he's got to say. Hi guys, so here we are with the podcast, um, episode two of Isolation Podcast, and I've got one of our senior teaching professionals, Luke Roberts, with us today. Luke, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you coping with isolation? I am very well, you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm trying trying to keep busy, running running out of things to do. But um, So running out of things to do, hence yeah, why we're doing this so today. So far, so good. <laughs> So, um, first time on the podcast, <laughs> and obviously you've been part of the AF Golf Academy coaching staff now for nearly, what, six months, six, seven months. Um, and it'll be good to have you on and kind of get the listeners yeah. learning a little bit more about you, um, what you're into, um, what's your coaching preferences, um, where have you been, what you're about. So, if you kind of want to fill everyone in, kind of a bit of background about you, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. So um, I took up golf uh, at a late age of uh, 14, uh, 14, nearly 15 years old. Um, I was a bit of a jack of all trades, really played, played a lot of um, other sports at a high level. Um, and, and I wasn't very, very sort of academic at school. Um, and I got to a stage where I was... 17 and coming up to 18 i got down to plus one handicap and the pro at my golf clubs mm -hmm. offered me um the chance to do my pga course um and i uh i took it up took it up and i think probably a similar time to around yourself and uh yeah and it was um three years obviously three years doing my pga degree which found difficult having jumped from GCSE straight into doing a home learning degree and at the time it was very intense obviously trying to hold down a job at the same time but managed to get through it um, and then pursued more of a, a playing career doing uh, Euro Pro uh, for two and a half years and very quickly um, probably 13-14 months into it realised that uh, I didn't have what it took. I didn't have the dedication, didn't have the certain attributes that are needed to be able to play full time and and earn a living through doing it. So by this time, I was sort of 20, 23, 24, and I, um, I did a lot, started doing a lot of coaching. I had been doing a lot of coaching, especially with juniors. Um, uh, at my original club, which was Mill Green Golf Club in, in uh, Hertfordshire, Wellingard. And um, and got to the stage where I wanted to move on to bigger and better things. So I started looking um, started looking at jobs abroad. I wanted to use my PJ certificate. I wanted to use the attributes that I had and and go and sort of st started looking into um, jobs that uh, were outside of the UK. And originally, I was meant to start a job in uh, in Abu Dhabi. And um, that fell through the last minute. 
um, which was very gutted about. So, so and, uh, your first choice? Yeah, I think two weeks later, I'd. No, no, I didn't have I didn't have a preference. I was just looking for something that looking for something just that was different, something that was new, something that I could add to the CV, um, and you know anything that would would sort of take me sort of around the world <clears throat> always been always been one to sort of you know look outside the box and never really been so homegrown where i sort of feel like i need to be around my family all the time and and i um yeah bit the bullet um as i say that job fell through and two weeks later i was so how did the job in china to, come about um, to china Um, so I, I literally sent, sent off my CV, uh, within two to three days, I had a Skype interview with the, the head coach over at the driving range. And, uh, he said, when can you get here? Um, they, what they, the, the scheme, what they would do in the past. Was, yeah. Still here, mate. Um, yeah. Are you still there? Sorry. Uh, so, um, yeah, they put you on a three-month trial, and then you have to prove yourself in that three months. Um, sort of build up your client base, get enough just so that you can afford to um, afford to sort of live on your own and, um, and so and so yourself through that. Talk, way, talk, really. um, tell the listeners a little bit more about how what it's like teaching in China. What the kind of what are the differences between what have you seen being out in China teaching and versus coming back here and teaching. So the biggest differences that I've seen, obviously, it was t I was teaching on a four-story driving range. Um, I had my own individual uh, individual secluded bay, which had all the, the, the TV and the um, all the, the gadgets that went with it so that I could I could do my job properly. But very much felt like a cash cow, you know, um, a conveyor belt sort of eight, nine, ten lessons a day when I got into my peak um, doing doing that five days a week towards the end of my um my stint out there um and yeah very very repetitive um but the biggest thing is that i saw in terms of the i mean the the first thing i had to adapt to was the um, the lifestyle um different the different mentality of the chinese um and they're they're very much about face very much about face value the the, the chinese um and sort of understanding as well how how far behind they are in terms of golf um, from from sort of Asia and around Asia to to the UK right. and and America. So if you were to you said there it was interesting you said about a cash cow. So you you just stood on the range and it was just purely on the range, just hitting balls. Um, yeah. So a lot a lot of the a lot of the guys that. In, in in China, you have to be rich to be able to play golf. Even to go to the driving range, you're not talking about nine pound for a bucket of balls. They they charge the time by the hour. Right. Um, so you rent the bay for an hour, which could cost which could cost anywhere from thirty pounds to seventy five pounds, depending on um, the depending on the the sort of um, the quality of the bay. So if you just wanted to stand a bay, I think it was about 32 pounds an hour just to rent for the hour. And then if you wanted a VIP area, you're looking at sort of 75 wow. to 80 pounds an hour for that. So, for, so from a lesson point of yeah. view, you, I mean, you were teaching what mainly full swing. 
teaching yeah teaching mainly full swing teaching a lot of beginner sort of slash um hobby golfers who um who liked the, the again like the face value of having a western pro like the face value of having uh having a a uk pga professional as opposed to a chinese pga professional uh, obviously the the qualification is a lot different um but yeah uh, they they very very much jump straight into it and and i don't know as i don't know what people's perceptions of 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 the, the chinese are like but definitely in terms of their sport and the way they go about achieving their goals they um one of their methods is to to right. chuck a lot of money at it um and that's not just in terms of coaching that of equipment as well you know they use very expensive brands um but i mean i'm we're, we're talking about not just sort of having two to three lessons a, a year alan we're talking more of of buying in bulk um anywhere from from 10 a minimum of 10 lessons to uh so to how, 60, do you, I mean, how does that compare to what you see over here me and dean sort of touched on this a little bit the other day in, in one of the other podcasts about how sometimes the mentality um you know, I, I sort of went down a road with with Dean where I was saying that we need to give this long-term view and we should be looking not just in packages of five and six and 10 and 20, but actually building that relationship with the player. And, and Dean came up with a really valid point, which was, you know, over in the in the UK, a lot of what we see um, is guys that don't have necessarily enough time to practice, don't have the desire to really want to practice. They want a quick 30-minute fix or a 40-minute fix. Um, and they just want to play better and enjoy their golf on a Saturday. Do you see that difference? You know, with the, you know, you've been with me now at Girton and at Kingsway. And do you notice that? Or are you starting to see more and more people fall more towards the actually spending a bit of time wanting to get better? You know, how do you see it? So I always ask, I always ask my students um, a, a, a sort of very open question in terms of, and I sort of say to them, you need to invest in yourself, you know, when we talk about golf lessons and their first instinct, uh, instinctive reaction to me saying invest means they, they associate that with money. Um, so they say, well, how many, how many lessons do you think I need to buy? And I say, well, it's not about how many lessons you need to buy. It's more about investing the time. And setting setting that aside so that you can achieve the goals that you want to. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of in terms of the the, the sort of the, the Chinese mentality, they would come in and have two to three lessons a week, and they'd use blocks of sixty up within sort of three to four months, um, simply because they wanted a to see an improvement, uh, b to see it as quickly as possible, um, and see they 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 had the money to be yeah. able to do so um and i understand that it's it's different over here and i understand that people don't you know want to invest uh, you know they don't see they don't see the 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 reasoning behind wanting to spend a lot of money on packages but i also believe that us as coaches we fall into that sort of that mentality of trying to please the the customer say oh come and see me in a couple of weeks or come and see me in three three weeks and sort of let me know how you've got on whereas you know let's be honest if, if they wanted to achieve their goal 
as soon as possible, whether it was reducing the handicap or whether it was, you know, hitting the ball straight or whatever it is, you know, they'd, they'd want to come and do it as much as efficiently as possible so that they could achieve that goal and move on to the next one. Do you, do you I agree think with that? it's a really, you know, we, we talked about this, like I say, I mean, Dean sort of went down a similar path and I think it's really understanding where the person is, who the person is in front of you. Um, I think some people enjoy the routine of having a golf lesson every first Monday of every month. I think it's their little fix. It's what they can afford to do financially and from time perspective. Um, I think it gives them a bit of guidance. However, I do think we as coaches spend way too much time allowing the student, you know, we're supposed to be the pros, right? We're supposed to be knowing what we're doing. Um, we allow the student to dictate when and where they are going to have lessons in terms of how what that structure needs to look like. You know, an hour, hour every two weeks, maybe 30 minutes every week would be a better use of the time. Um, and I think that comes back to what does the what does the, the player actually want to get out of it? And I don't know if there's enough, still don't believe there's enough digging, real digging into and sitting aside. And it's one of the things that we've talked about as coaches a long time is that no one really interviews their players. You know, no one really understands whether you're a, a good fit for the player in front of you or whether, whether the player really understands what they want to get out of it. And I don't think that's a, a, a bad thing. Um, I just think that if we were to take coaching to the next level, even if it was a telephone conversation for a new student as they booked into your diary, for example, you were to phone them in the morning and say, hey, you know, I'm Luke. I'm going to be giving you a golf lesson at, at three o'clock in the afternoon today. Um, it's the first time we've met. Just tell me a bit about yourself so I'm prepared when you turn up. Um, yeah, I, I, that's kind of where I would say I think we need to spend more more time whether it's through email, you know, there's so many media channels now, media, you know, WhatsApp, phones, internet, email. There's so much that we can actually talk to our students about, but actually we need to guide and shape the learning experience a bit more. Um, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I think that's tough. I think that's tough because we're in a culture and a mentality where it is booked for two weeks. It is, I'm busy you're going to have to get in the diary quickly. Um, and I, I, I see that and I get that. And, I, you know, I've been there. So I t completely understand that that mentality. But if we're talking about making a student better, quicker and efficiently, I think we need to really look at how we approach the in-between time between lessons. As I, I was saying to Dean this the other day, um, the in-between time between lessons and also... Uh, post that first very first lesson I still think that if if the if the emphasis is always going to be on the student getting better as quickly and as effectively as possible that doesn't necessarily mean that you're the right coach and I think as if we can get if we get you know we talk about this as an the academy about working with you know one player working with two different coaches if they've got different skills um is having the, the kind of ego dropped and kind of having the self-awareness to say, actually, you know, you know, you're, you, it sounds like you need putting lessons and I'm not the guy for you. Like I'm good at, I can do it, but if you want the best, 
it's not going to cost you any more money and X is the best person for putting. And I think when you can get an academy and you can get a coaching staff and you can get coaches working in that mentality, the student ultimately is the one that will always win. Um, but I do think the, the, the golf coach has to take more emphasis in designing practice times, designing um, contacting students in between sessions just to see how they're going to check in checkpoints. You know, what's going on? Can I help you? Do you, do you don't need to come and see me and pay me half for half an hour lesson, but Hey, look, I'm interested if you get better. I think there needs to be more of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And I think one of the other points there that you were saying about um, uh, the sort of supervised, the super going down that supervised practice route, I think that's a very good, Oh, I think we lost you there, Luke. So let me just pause this. So a uh, little break in technology there. I thought you'd uh, nipped off the I'm back. Tea. So I was just a bit nervous. You, I know you can't go 20 minutes without cup of tea. So I uh, thought you just nipped off. So yeah, what were we saying? Um, where did, I, where did you we cut, cut off, at, off you know? around on the point of supervised and then you disappeared? Yeah, so uh, as I was saying, a, lo a lot of the the lessons that I was I was giving in China were supervised practice because obviously the 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 client sort of gets to the peak of what they're learning and what they're trying to change. But sometimes what they need is just an hour with you just to watch, you know, for you to watch them hit balls and then for them to ask you questions, you know, um, and also for the for the pro to sort of check in. Okay, have you got it? Do you understand where where I'm coming from? Do you see Do you see where the change is? Do you see how when you make a good swing, the ball flight changes, etc. Um, and it it was very very efficient. You know, they, they as I say the, the, that that sort of difference in mentality from from us is very much okay. Put your mind to something. Bang! I'm going to go and do it, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what what gets in the way, um, and I think just touching on another point there that you were saying about um, what us as, as coaches need to do in between the lessons. That's very much sometimes overlooked by some some pros, you know, because we, you know, we we tend to value our time as as 100%. paid by the hour, if that makes yeah. sense. So so. If you were, if you, if you could give a, a, a new golfer or a club golfer, you know, because that's the that's the biggest part of our market, a um, hundred pounds, and said, look, I want you to get better in one month for a hundred pounds. How would they spend that time? How how would they spend that money? What would they spend it on? A hundred pounds. If they had a hundred pounds. So, I would. I would give them two very intense half an hour lessons very close together. Um, again, making sure it's on the same subject or the same change that they're wanting to make. And then uh, probably have another, say, t maybe two 20 minutes sort of supervised practices so that I can see that they're making that change and then come back in, uh, come back in and just sit down and chat with me afterwards just to see if they have understood and made and made the significant change okay. that it's interesting make. because we don't, we don't sometimes ask that question because if you've only got a um a, a budget of, of 50 pounds or 100 pounds you know which which many many golfers have um 
how do we how do we make sure that them golfers are, are using that time and money effectively and to get the results that they want? That's you know it's a question that I keep coming up with is yes you can try and sell programs and packages and so on and so forth but actually do they need this amount of time? Do they need five hours? Do they need twelve hours? How can you structure that? And I think that case by case, person by person approach as difficult as it sometimes is, especially when you're running around busy, um, is very, very important that you get to to kind of look after students in that way towards their budget, their time constraints, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and I, I always like the I always I've always liked the philosophy yeah. of little and often, um, as opposed to going down the range and hitting two hundred balls at a time. Um, and I think also one of the biggest things I've seen from from I've been back in the UK now for uh, two and a bit years, but a lot of a lot of the customers and a lot of the people that I've taught, you know, when you your first instinct is right. Okay, what what we're we here for today? What what is it we're looking to 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 improve, or what is it we're looking to change? And the the common um, the common answer has has changed a lot. It's changed a lot from when I first started coaching as an eighteen year old. Um, to I want to get my handicap down to this and I want to get my handicap down to that and I want to be at this point by this stage and um, I just really like to be able to play off of off a of 12 you know uh, and it, it's completely changed to I want to hit it further uh, I want to get rid of my slice um, you know uh, I want to be able to I want to be able to get it up and down yeah. from 100 yards five times out of 10 you know and the, the specifics have changed because they're not now looking at Actually, if you said to everybody that they could reduce their handicap by three shots in a in, in a year, I'm sure sure they would enjoy their golf a lot more than hitting the ball. Yeah, I think, yards I, th I think the whole point with that is that every golfer is different, right? So some guys that want to get their handicap down, some guys do want to hit it. And I think that the emphasis has always got to be making sure, are you fulfilling what the student wants and then guiding them the best way you know how with your financial time, whatever it constraints, their time constraints to do that in the most effective and efficient way possible. I think that's kind of always our goal. Um, it's very nice and we can get very excited about watching tour coaches teach tour players, but you know, it's, it's a 0.5% of the, the golfing population, right? <laughs> it's not real world. Um so I think we have yes. to be really empathetic to the person in front of us and trying to to make sure they're getting the most bang for their buck, whether it be like I say, financial or, or time wise. Um, so so let's let's mm. kind of fast forward a little bit. Let's um, if 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 someone was going to book a lesson today, they were going to come into the golf store and they were going to ask one of our, our retail staff, you know. I need, I need to book a lesson. What would you want them to say about why that person would suit Luke Robertson and his coaching? Sorry, I, you cut out yes. a bit there. If, 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 a, if, if, if a, a new customer walked into the store today, um, didn't, didn't know any of the golf coaches, didn't know anyone, and they wanted a, a rundown of the golf coaches so that they could select their preferred coach, what would the what would you want the retail staff to say about you? What would be your their 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 two lines of what Luke Roberts delivers? 
Yeah. Well, I, I think I think most important, most well, most simply is is that word simple. I keep things very very simple, um, and I and I don't tend to beat around the bush. I keep it very very clear and precise. And and I've I've had a lot of a lot of success in 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 making um, making people achieve their goals. And and I found that my method of the way I coach the game okay. is very very efficient. Cool. So if um... If anyone listening wants to get in touch with you directly or wants to book a lesson, how can they do it? Uh, obviously, through through the uh, through the new website. Hopefully, people are listening into this um, have been on the new website and seen what it, what a fantastic change it's it's been for us. Um, I understand you're doing um, work on it that. It seems like you? every other hour at the moment, mate, is on adding products and. Uh, adding stuff to, to people to buy. Yes, it's, it's pretty busy at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. And and as I say, I, I know we, we haven't really touched on it much, but just want everybody else to know as well that I, I do do quite a bit of the custom fitting um, at, at AF Golf Store. And it's a great way to to sort of break the ice instead of, instead of having a, a lesson straight away. If you want to come in and sort of try out some new gear, uh, try out some of the new stuff obviously when we are back up and running and and come and meet me and we can have a sort of we can have a talk and sort of a rundown of what you you're looking to improve not not just in terms of technology but in terms of your awesome of your swing okay, as well great well thanks for your time mate um, i'm sure in the next 10 days or so we'll jump on another podcast and and maybe we'll have a little uh, a dive into custom fitting and uh, it might be great to get get dean on the line as well and you guys can and discuss the benefits and kind of what you've seen this year in terms of the equipment and how it's performed. So um, thanks again for your time, mate. And I uh, will speak to you soon. Cheers. Mate. Yeah. Bye. Thanks very much, Alan. Cheers. Bye. Hi right, guys. Thanks for listening to Luke and myself chat about his time in China and what he's seen as the differences in the UK. We are going to be holding loads more podcasts through this isolation period. That was episode two in isolation, episode seven overall. So if you have been enjoying them, please do subscribe. Please do sign up. Um, You can check us out on YouTube, Facebook. You can go to our website, www.afgolfstore.co.uk for more information. And we hope to you listening soon.